Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things Super Coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisper and Brew. Well, December 14th was when Super Coach opened. We were making pods before that. I think we got a couple of bit of a bit of intel, I think late November. We've been doing this for a long time. Today is the day that everyone on the Civic Coach calendar wants to be closer than it ever is. Team list Tuesday. It's been here. It's been gone. We've broken it down. There's plenty to, to divulge from it. Not the podcast for that today. We're here to discuss everything that's going to be happening this weekend for round one. The beautiful game is back, Brew. How are we? Yeah. Going good, mate. I've got a side that I like, and I'm ready to rock and roll. TLT was kind to us, I think. TLT was kind. Hey, let's let's talk about the run sheet today and, and what people can expect from, from us moving forward at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday, because this will be every week for the next 25 weeks. Uh, we, we cannot wait. I'm thinking, obviously, we're not going to be doing a team list, a Tuesday podcast every week. Today was just a one-off. I reckon we, we run over our five big talking points. We might have a couple the same. We might have a couple different, but I'm sure we can expand on them. Uh, I reckon we touch on maybe the guys that we want to be looking out for this week or even the storylines that we want to be looking at this week. Then we can look at probably the, the best captain options, I'd feel. Uh, we've also got a couple of over-unders. We've also got some hot takes, as always. Brew and I are very, very big fans of, of hot takes on this show. And then I reckon we finish up with our trades, but today will be our, our team reveal. Very, very sporting green you've got there today, mate. Uh, is that the dual position green you've got in the background? Yeah, it is. Uh, long story short, the the power, because of the rain, the power's gone to the ceiling fan line. So I had to um, I had to come up with something. So I've um, got some LED lights out in the in the green. I can I can do all kinds of things with them. You told me not to do this, but I'll just do it quickly. I can strobe light and change the colors and all kinds of things. <laughs> Party time. Um, for, for anyone watching on YouTube, you should be able to see the live chat in the middle. I think I've set that up. Um, good enough that you can see what's happening and I should be able to read what we're talking about and maybe we'll try and try and interact. Um, but straight away, mate, first things first, preseason, it's done. The, the hard yards have been done. All the analysis have been done. I've actually, I actually quite enjoyed preseason this year. There was, for the first time in a couple of years, it felt like there was plenty of storylines that we could always talk about. And there's, there was always, like, we, I didn't feel like we were ever forcing things to talk about. There was always news. There was always cycles. And obviously the Turbo Cleary debate probably took up the large majority of it, but it was it was a pretty important one to get right, and the clearing news today takes half that equation out. But this preseason, I actually quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good times. Uh, there was certainly plenty to talk about. Well, I don't think we expected to pump out quite as many podcasts as what we did, but we did all the same because there was always something to talk about. Exactly. So, something to talk about. Teamless Tuesday. It rolled around as it always does. I'll be honest. It wasn't as big as what I thought. 
a lot of the reports preseason sort of came true. There was no huge clangers. What is one of the things that you took away from this teamless Tuesday? Well, no Cleary has to be the main talking point. Obviously, the big debate was, do we or don't we spend the million dollars on, on Nathan Cleary? And now that decision's been taken out of our hands. So no Cleary is massive, and it's certainly going to change a lot of sides. You know, I think he was at uh, 20 25% ownership. So there would have been some rejigging this afternoon. Plenty of teams in disarray. That was also my number one talking point. Just no Nathan Cleary. Um I've said that to you. I've said it to this podcast plenty of times. I never had the, the feeling that he was going to play. I, I didn't think that he would. I, there wasn't enough confidence out of Ivan Cleary in the quotes that he gave. There wasn't enough quotes out of Nathan in the quotes that he gave to, to really warrant it. But I'm pretty sure him and, and Cameron Murray also had the same procedure done. So interesting that one's going to line up this week and one won't. But obviously Cleary is probably the second most crucial player in, in the comp to, to their team behind Turbo. Oh, definitely, 100%. Um, it, it does open up Thursday night for Manly. I think it becomes a much simpler game for them. But another talking point that I have is actually the big New South Wales wet, and I think we need to factor that into calculations potentially this weekend. I can tell you I live in Penrith, and there is floods everywhere. Yeah. The Pean River is, you know, it's, it's risen. Uh, there's a lot of damage to a lot of streets and properties. That's how... Vicious it's been. It's rained pretty much nonstop until, say, about half an hour ago today. I think Bluebet's going to be a quagmire. It's going to be really, really wet, and there's a lot of rain forecast tomorrow, over 100 mils, I believe. I think it might it might shut Turbo down, which is great for non-owners, and I think it's something that people need to think about. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I was just talking to a couple of friends that live up in Brisbane. Bone dry. So... What they went through last week seems like Sydney's copying it now. And yeah, I mean, Suncorp Stadium is bone dry apparently. So we'll make some some, some pretty good free-flowing free footy between the, the Broncos and the Bunnies. And then obviously, yeah, and Sydney, we need to take that into consideration. Uh, I think a lot of us are eyeing up James Tedesco as, as captain this week at, at SFS. So maybe we take that in, into consideration. My talking point, mate, not really a super coach relevant one, but Xavier Savage, nowhere to be seen. All the talk preseason, one of the most hyped up guys, nowhere to be seen. Ricky was was true to his word. Ricky favoured Charles Nickel Cook style at the one, and not even on the wing for uh, for Xavier Savage. They, they name uh, Schiller that we that we had no idea about. Obviously, Brett Mullins' uh, nephew, but he's not there. No Savage. That's I think that's taken a lot of people, especially even in draft, like Supercoach draft. Like plenty of people drafting him high with the prospects of stashing him. And then, yeah, bringing him in later on. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him as a dynasty pickup, but I don't... I, I, I'm not really surprised when you saw Ricky's interview. He was pretty raw. He was pretty honest. He said that he, he wasn't going to rush things, that he's just a young kid, that he was going to take his time. So maybe reserve grade playing fullback is where he needs to be. If he's the long-term plan, then, you know, let him get some legs in reserves, in Reggie's, and, and go for there. We'll see what happens later in the season. Someone in the chat just said, uh, our faces don't match our voices. I'm going to take that as a compliment because I have a head like a... I've got a head for radio, put it that way. Um, look, my my next big, big talking point comes out of Red Hill. Corey Oates. Now, Jordan Piera, I feel, was one of the best performers for the Broncos all preseason. And Corey Oates, in the positions that he was given, like in the, in the opportunities that he was given never really took it with two hands. And 
if you're Jordan Pierre, you've just got to sit there and wonder what more do you have to do to, to try and get a start? I'm completely baffled by that decision. There's no world where I would be picking Corey Oates over, over Pereira if I'm Kevy Walters, but Kevy does a lot of things that surprise us, I guess. And he's, he's done it again. I don't think it'll take too long for Pereira to get his crack. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise and we can get a downgrade option in a month, six weeks, eight weeks time. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the, the, the hopeful the nature of it, that the Pierre does come in eventually and then we can, we can pick him up, but you've also got Tessie new there. Um, who will come in and then displace Jermaine Asako. So that, that's no sell on Cobo for fullback. He parks himself on the right wing. And mate, my, my last, or no, I've got two more actually, Billy Smith. Now, the bolter from nowhere. We heard that he was battling fitness, him and Suwali, all sort of preseason. Didn't expect him to get picked. We thought it was Paul Momorowski and Kevin Naguama's spot, but Robbo drops a bombshell on us. We get Momorowski on the right wing. We get Billy Smith at left center. This is all signs go for Billy Smith. I feel like like there's there's all the talent in the world when it comes to Billy Smith. We just haven't seen it consistently enough for him. And I'm as a Roosters fan, mate. I'm sure you're over the moon, but just as a neutral, I'm very happy to see what he can do. Billy Smith could be a generational talent if he can stay fit, and the club has all the faith in the world that he will be exactly that. So I think, yeah, jump on. I think it's his spot. I think Momorowski's got to have some question marks on him now because Suwali's been rumoured to have that right wing. I don't think they went out of their way to, to beat South to the signature to then make him play Reggie's or make him play off the bench. So I'd be a little bit worried if I was Paul Momorowski. Yeah. And we, we said that today, like it was, it's an interesting one because you feel like if Momorowski is ahead in the depth charts and you start him at the center, because obviously the, whoever's playing right wing is keeping that warm for Joseph Suwali. <laughs> Someone said Brew looks like he uh, he plays for, for a 90s band, maybe Metallica, and that's exactly the shirt he's got on. Um, you'd think if if whoever's holding the right wing spot is holding it for Sawali. Like, that, that is what we think. So if if Momorowski was favoured, then surely you'd think he would play on, on the left centre spot. Yeah, absolutely. So the fact that he didn't get the left centre spot where he did play in the trials and he's been pushed out to the wing means that Obviously, they didn't know whether or not Billy would be right for round one. Clearly, he is. It's his position. He's getting he's getting the spot. So, yeah, get jump on Billy Smith, everyone. What else did you take away from uh, from the four pm drop, mate? Well, random cheapies was one of them. Yeah. Like we had so many names pop up, and we were like, "Wait, this guy's not even on Supercoach. Who, who is this person?" So that was a big talking point for me. There was people that were selected that I honestly was not like, if you go back and look at our, our team podcast, some of these cheapies we had outside the 17s and so many of them actually made the 17, you know, Newcastle's got a couple. Uh, I don't know who one of them is. I'm going to have to do some research and some homework to see what he can offer. I didn't think Mama would get a crack. Uh, who else was there? There was uh, the center Scheller, I think it was. So apparently there's some there's a little bit of doubt whether he'll hold that place uh, once I can't remember who it is. Some, once someone comes back who might yeah, be back got, next week and got, it might push him out. You've got Suaso Sue coming back. You've got uh, Brody Jones coming back. You've obviously got Daniel Saifidi who's injured. So there's there's plenty of names to come back from Newcastle that, that do worry you about those two cheapy uh, bench forwards. Um, Thomas in the in the live chat he's mentioned a good one here as well. Kelman Tuolagi now. We expected him to start. That was that was never in the that was never in the the question. 
the question with Tuilagi was, what kind of favoritism does he have over Luke Garner? Reports were that Luke Garner is unlikely to play around one, which wasn't great for super coaches because we wanted to see what the depth chart looks like. But Garner was named on the bench. Surely that just points towards Tuilagi being favorite, and at 250k, like that's huge for us. Yeah, absolutely. He's locked into my side. I can promise you that. Hundred um, percent. Okay. So, do you have anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I think going just further on the cheapies. I think the cheapies allow some risks. So I think they they allow you to to take your Grants and your Munsters, your Latrell Mitchells, if that's your flavour, because there's just so many options that you can play this week, and that factored in with the weather, which could keep scores down. It might be the perfect opportunity to just pick the bloke that you think is a keeper, i.e. Munster, for example, probably best in position, or we believe so, with Cody Walker, but a lot cheaper. If you want to pick Munster, I don't think it's going to hurt you too bad this week. So I personally, I, I am taking Munster now. Uh, I think that we've got enough cheapies that we can fill aside with round one with these. Yeah, 100%. Okay, so... I want to mention something on uh, Schiller. Now, I know a lot of people are getting hyped about him because he's a bottom dollar cheapie named. I understand that. Jordan Rappin is going to come back in. You'd think Jordan Rappin pushes out Semi Valame. We're also getting Sebastian Chris back next week as well. So I just don't see it for Schiller. Best, look, what, what I think you should do if you are looking at Schiller, you'll wait until round three team lists. Prices aren't going to go up. Everyone's back. Chris is back. Rappin is back. You're going to see where he sits in the depth charts. If he is named round three, by all means, I'm going to jump on him. Like, I'm not denying that. But I just worry that it's a bit of a, a bit of a trap vibe here. Yeah, it could very well be. So I agree on that front. Um, I, I've i got to come up with a plan for Schiller. I, I, when I was quickly making the side so that we could get set up for tonight. I did put him in because he was bottom dollar, but I am going to have to swap that out once I heard the news that, you know, Chris was missing. Yeah. And Rappin is coming back, so. 100%. Like, and that's that's and that, that's the reality of it. Like, we have to look deeper than just just the things. We've got to work out why these guys are being named. And, like, for example, someone like Vayella. Jesse Arthurs is named on the extended bench. Adam Pompey's named on the extended bench. They are being won on merit. Whereas someone like a Chris and a Rappin are there from injury and suspension. So I think it's just a different thing to look at. Um, my last talking point from Teamless Tuesday, mate, Ryan Pappenhausen, the professional golfer who took off for a cheeky 18 holes last week under this big injury cloud all preseason, was in a moon boot after a sprained ankle, had a fractured foot, had a bad haircut, had everything under the sun. He pulls through for us round one. Ryan Pappenhausen will be there. Yes, uh, sanity is restored. We can just go back to having Teddy and Paps and, and roll on. I'm very glad to see him there. My last talking point is uh, your man, mate, JTB. I think he opens up a few options. There's an option where you can carry oh him in your front row and use some cash elsewhere. So I'm hoping that he can play 50 minutes. If oh. he can play even 45 minutes. I, I think, think you're, very you're, you're, you're very hopeful. You're very hopeful. Oh, of course, you know, you've got to be hopeful going into round one. Realistically, he's looking at 40 to 45 minutes. Yeah. If you can do a 1.1, 1.2 PPM, that would be lovely. You can get 45, 50 per week, and then you can upgrade him at the right time. Yeah, realistically, I think he takes McLean's role from last year, which was 41 minutes a game. And then his PPM was down on last year. So if we can get that back up to a round one, I'll take 42 points. I'll take 42 points all day long as my second front row forward. Like, it's not fantastic. It's not what we love to see, but I don't hate it. And and when we reveal our sides, I've got points coming from other areas of the field that I don't need front row forward to, 
to really pump them out too much. Let's talk about the ones to watch this week, the storylines that we need to be watching out for this weekend. My my first one, I'm just I'm doing these in game order. These aren't in any preference. I have Selwyn Cobbo as my player to watch, my first player to watch this week, actually, because I, I want to see how he goes. I want to see how he links up with Tony Staggs. I think that's the combination that we're all really excited about to, to watch on that right-hand side. Unfortunately, we don't get to see with Adam Reynolds, but I'm really excited to see what Selwyn Cobbo can do uh, because I feel like he's now in the mainstream light rather than just sort of us hardcore footy fans. Yeah, guys like Cobbo are going to be important, especially if you're taking any risks in the centres. I'm personally taking a couple of risks in the centres this year, so I'm going to potentially need you know exit strategies if that fails. And guys like Cobbo are very important to that. I love Selwyn Cobbo. When the news came out that he might miss this team, I was raging. I was like, how? He deserves the opportunity in that side and, and just groom him on the wing. If he's your long-term fullback, then you know a lot of fullbacks in times past have started on the wing. Um, Roger Tulvasashek comes to mind, for example. He played on the wing for quite a while until Minicello obviously retired and then he took over that. And I think that's... That is good for me. So I hopefully Cobo holds that position. Yeah, hopefully that that, that is that is the goal. And then um, hopefully for Supercoach we get Jordan Piera on on the right on the left hand side once Corey Oates inevitably shows us that he is no longer first grade quality. Uh, mates, I'm just going to play this bit of bit of a soundtrack because I know that how how keen you are um, on the next man. I'm keen to see how he goes this week. Nico Hines, I know that you are very, very excited to watch Nico Hines play footy this week. Very, very excited to watch him play footy wearing the number seven. Against a, yeah. Raid, against a tough Raiders outfit, though, so it'll be a good test for him. It will definitely be a good test. The, the key thing that I'm going to be watching are two things, I think, for Nico. I want to see how his base goes. I want to see if he's a monster-like half, because if he is, he could become a very important half to own at some point during the season. The other thing is the goal kicking. I want to see how he how he knocks him off the tee, because hopefully he can nail down the kicking permanently. And goal-kicking halves, you know, they're just – they're what you want. Look at Cleary. He's so far ahead. You know, he gets that goal-kicking boost. You look at Cherry Evans when he was kicking – for Manly, I think it was last season. And, you know, he was bumping up his average at that time too and going on a real tear. I think personally that the Sharks can finish highly this season. I have them as a fifth or sixth place side. That would mean that they score a lot of points. So unfortunately, Nico Hines couldn't end up making it into my side. But he's one of the guys that's going to be, I'm going to be watching very, very closely. He's probably the number one guy that I want in my side but the emergence of the two cheapy halves just eliminated that option for me, unfortunately. Another storyline that I want to see play out is Ryan Madison wearing the number 13 jersey. Now, as you and I touched on earlier today, Nathan Brown is in is in at that extended side. So there could be a world where he comes back in, but underdone, I think Maddo plays 13. I think he starts, and, Matt, and Ryan and um, Nathan Brown might come off the bench at best if he does play. But Parramatta with him at 13, like it's not a super coach thing, but Parramatta just in general, if you've if you've got a lot of stocks in Parramatta come round one, which I know a lot of us do, him at 13 just looks to free up Mon- uh, Moses and, and Brown so much. Yeah, I, I personally don't hate Madison at lock. I know you do, and I know you think that he's going to, you know, decrease in, in his attacking opportunities. And he may in terms of try scoring, but I think... He's still going to have solid base, and I still think he's going to have an immense work rate. There's going to be offloads potentially, whether pending. 
I don't hate Madison at lock and I don't think he'll be playing lock for too long anyway. So he's the type of guy that if you want him and he was in your plans for the season, I wouldn't not pick him because he's in the 13. I do agree that I think it's good for Parramatta to have him in the 13. I think he adds a stability to their pack, but obviously they've got a guy called Nathan Brown who's owned that position for a very long time. So I can't see that happening. The other storyline I want to see play out, it's got big super coach ramifications, is the goal-kicking Tiger. Whoever does nail it down. We're now playing for two two competition points week in, week out. We saw Luke Brooks' goal kick last week in the trial. Reports were that Jackson Hastings had a boil on his foot, a sore foot, a bunk foot, whatever. That cleared up very, very quickly once Luke Brooks went off the field. I've, I've made that no secret. I want to see where Madge lies with his goal-kicking duties. Because if Jackson Hastings is the kicker, although the Tigers won't score a whole lot of points, it is a point increase. And a 350k, if he is goal-kicking, his stocks do go up there for me. Could be a four-point rise in his average. That's about how many uh, points I think he's going to get from goal-kicking. Just, just, just the one attempt. Luke, <laughs> I personally think that Luke Brooks is, is the number one kicker. And I'm not very high on the Hastings pick given that we've got the cheapy options. And the last one, the one I'm probably the most excited about, Jason Taumalolo. We saw the quotes coming from Dean Young. He's got the big motor. He had the niggles last year. He's fresh. He's fit. He's firing. I've been sucked into the Lolo train, bro. I was on the Lolo train until, what was it, two and a half hours ago when we, <laughs> just after TLT, I actually went an upgrade option, which I'll discuss a little bit later. I am still high on him. I think that bench looks good for him. I think he is going to get solid minutes and he's certainly a guy that, you know, you could pick up at 485 and he could go on to be a 65 average player like he used to be. So I certainly see value in it. I also can't promise that come Thursday night, game one, I won't have Tom Malolo back in my side. Hey, bro. Yes. Good afternoon. This is your captain speaking. The most important thing to get right week in, week out. We saw how pivotal captains were last year. Tom Trevojevic, you said him the back end of the season, you were doing pretty good, weren't you? Yeah, I was captain and Tom every week for double hundreds. It was fantastic. Uh, I've written down five people that I can see as captaincy options this week. V- vice, cap- think- vice captain or captain. Like We'll, we'll mention some... For anyone, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but for anyone that doesn't understand, you set your vice captaincy to the player that will play before your captain to give you a chance of looping. If you're asking me what looping is, I don't have time to explain it now, but basically set your vice captain before, or to someone that is going to play before your captaincy. Sorry, mate, who are your top five captains for this week? So my top five captains for this week, James Tedesco versus the Knights. Hopefully the weather clears up a little bit by Saturday because I'd love to see that as a dry game. At the SCG, I've got Pappy versus the Tigers. I'm a little bit cautious on that one just because we haven't seen Pappy in the preseason, but I can very much see Pappy doing good things. Uh, Mitchell Moses is a bit of a smoky uh, option. I think there will be a fair few points, I think, in that game with the Gold Coast. that You'd have to be really bold, I think, to do that, but he's certainly an option. Uh, David Fafita, I think he's always an option. And early, early round, sometimes it can pay off to captain the forwards and play it a little bit safe. I haven't decided who my captain is going to be yet. I think it will be Tedesco, but I need to see the order of the matches and how I can use my VC and whether or not I'm going to have a loop option. Um, And finally, I've got Hughes as well versus the Tigers. I I personally think that the Storm will still win. I think they'll win 13 plus. 
someone's got to get the points. There's no Grant. There's no Munster. I think the points are going to come through Hughes and Pappenhausen. So both of those become options for me. 100%. My captains, I've listed Turbo just because it's Turbo. You've got to put him in there with no Cleary. I think if you own Turbo, plenty are going to captain him this week. So he has to be worth a shout. He's not someone that I'm looking at particularly, but it feels disrespectful not to not to put him in a top five. I've also got uh, David Feeder against the... Eels, I mean, could run rampant. I'm pretty sure they play the Eels. I could be wrong. But David Fafita, just in general. I mean, his his form in the trials was exceptional. Um, a forward in, in the wet, too. Like, that could be the key this week. We could just go a pig and and roll back the clock to 2016-17 and just take those forward points in, in the wet. I've then got Ryan Pappenhausen uh, for the exact same points you've mentioned. Pappy's Pappy. Like, we know what he can do against weaker sides. We saw what he did against the Broncos uh, early last year. Like, he's just a phenomenal talent. Goal kicking, it's huge. I've then got James Tedesco as my next best option. Um, just Teddy. He's just he's just the guy. Like he he's just timeless. He's playing his best footy. Um, he's got all his boys back. He's got Radley back. He's got Kiri back. He's got everyone. And if the SFS stays dry, oh sorry, is it the SFS or the, the, the cricket ground? SCG. If the cricket ground stays dry, then I mean Teddy against the Knights could put on uh, put on, could put on a cricket score and uh, and dance on the pitch in the middle of the thing. I've also got Cody Walker. I mean, Cody Walker in that charity shield scored phenomenally. And against the Broncos side with no Adam Reynolds at a dry track up in Brisbane, Cody Walker, if you own him, he could be ballistic. They're my captains, mate. They're your captains. In terms That's of, a good shout, actually. In terms of where we're leaning, I can't tell you. I'm leaning towards Teddy at the moment, but I want to see how the weather goes as the same for you, mate. Hey. Yeah, I think Teddy at this point, but yeah, I've got to check the order. Of the games, and I've got to check the weather forecast. Let's do some over-unders. So each week, I'm going to set three or four lines in terms of where the Supercoach points are. I'm going to challenge Brew. I'm going to track his progress throughout the year, see where he goes. And basically, yeah, if Brew, whoever has the the better percentage, I think wins. So if I can set the line properly and get Brew the wrong way on it, it's a point for me. Um, If Brew... Can can beat the line that I've set, then it's a point for him, and I reckon I get, we'll track that and we'll see how we go. I reckon uh, a steak dinner might be on the line for that one, mate. Steak bet it is. Steak bet it is. First one, Tom Travojevic. I think I know where you're leading with this one. I think I may have set this one a tad too high with the weather. I've set Tom Travojevic at 79 points this weekend. Where are we sitting over under? Under. Under. Cody Walker, 88 points against the Brisbane Broncos. Over under. Over. James Tedesco, 99 points against the Newcastle Knights. Over under. Over. Ryan Pappenhausen, 80 points against the West Tigers. Over, under. Over. Okay, we've got Turbo under, Cody Walker over, Teddy over, Pap over. So we'll track those, see how they go. Uh, we'll monitor those guys throughout the year. Mate, our favorite segment. I don't have a good soundbite ready for this, but it'll do. Hot takes. Didn't really plan for that one. I still need to find a better soundbite. Mate, I've got my I've got my three very very spicy takes. I don't know how hot they are. Just I've, I've done some things that could be considered controversial. Cody Walker will have re- will have the highest score this round of any player. I can't disagree with it. I, I, when you set a dry track in Brisbane, you know, without their halves and you know, South will have a point to prove without Reynolds. I can I can back that. Yeah, oh, it's 
it could be anything. I mean, like Walker, just with how involved he looks on both sides of the field, man. Like he looked, he looked really, really good in the in the trial. I know they went down, uh, but his Supercoach scores were feel was still fantastic. Katoni Stags under forty points. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B two B, and advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B two B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. That... I think that's spicy, but I think you've got roughly the line right. I, I kind of expect him to be over under, say, 45, I think will be about the floor. You're not going to like this one. Nico Hines against the defensive-sided Raiders, under 55 points. No, I think he'll go over that. I think he'll go over 75 points. Over 75? That's a, Is that your first hot take of today? If you think it's a hot take, then yes, that can be a hot take. All right, what else do we have uh, coming up this weekend for you, mate? Okay, so I've got Hammer Time going 90-plus oh. this weekend. Uh, who who in do the round Cows one. play? Uh, the Cows play the Dragons. Okay, that's, that's viable. <laughs> uh, so I've got him going 90-plus. I've got uh, Angus Crichton scoring a try and going 100-plus against the Knights. And I've got... Uh, Coates scoring a double on debut for Melbourne. I don't know if that one's super spicy, but it's still, it's two tries. So can't say it's not a little bit bold. Yeah, definitely something to, definitely something to, to, to work out. I mean, I think owners will be over the moon if he scores a double. What's that? 65 points minimum. And then whatever base he gets on top. So it's a good start for, for Xavier Coates owners. Um, hey, chat. If you can start getting some questions in, Brew and I will try and rattle those off. But I reckon we get into our team reveals, mate. I'm going to lead off with yours. Do it. I'm going to lead off with yours today, I think. And uh, yeah, I'll put that on the screen right now. For some reason, your head is not in the camera either. So I'll add that. But um, while whilst I do that, do you want to yeah give us give us your view on your team heading into to round one? Yep, no worries. I can't see the screen properly, so I'm just going to bring this up on my phone. You're right. Okay, so at Hooker, I'm going with Reed Marnie. I, I've been pretty firm on the fact that I really like Marnie this year. Beside him, I've got Chris Randall. I think the bench, you know, is in is in favour of of picking Randall. I had thought about going, say, a Pakes or even going, a say, a Jewel Nuff if I was going to carry Brendan Smith, which I was for quite a while there. But I haven't gone that route. I've gone Randall. I'm going to back that he gets the points. In my front row, Adam Fanil Blake, I, I've said I feel like he's, you know, top five, if not top three front rower this year. I think the captaincy is going to see him take his game to a new level. I think the minutes will probably be quite good. We've seen that he's fit and firing. 
So he's locked into my side. Now, before TLT, I did have uh, David Clemmer as a pod. Uh, obviously, you and I did know the news about Saifidi a little bit earlier. We found out probably four or five days ago. I've now gone to Neil Brown. I just think him starting is good enough for me. I think if, if he can get, say, 45 or even 50, if we're lucky, if he gets a bit of, say, offloads or whatnot going, I'll take that for his price. So I think it's a little bit, say, safer than it is with some of the cha- uh, cheapy options at centre where you end up playing roulette. Then I've got Fafita and Max King. I think m- most sides will probably have that combo as their backup for front row forward. Moving into the second row, Fafita. I just couldn't not have Fafita. He- his ceiling is the highest of any second rower, so you can lock me in for that. Angus Crichton. I think Angus is in for a monster season. I think he's probably the only person that can really challenge Fafita for the top spot. So he's locked into my side. Now, Cam Murray hasn't really featured too much in my preseason sides but I looked at South bench and I said the man's captain he doesn't have Bennett there anymore is he going to become a lock that plays bigger minutes he's very important to the club he's defensive you know when he's on the field they're a better defensive side and maybe Demetrio has seen something there and maybe we can get an uptick in his average so I'm thinking about taking a punt on Murray his ownership's not super high and I think that gives me a real solid set and forget three up there which allows me to take advantage elsewhere in terms of the cheapies. So my second row reserves, Tago, I moved him up into the second row because there's just simply too many options that are cheap down the bottom. Uh, Bullimore, I'm looking to try and use Bullimore and JTB in combination somewhat. And I, the reason I want to cash Bullimore out and then I want to upgrade to Noah Brown. So that's my plan running those two. Uh, Tuolagi speaks for himself. I know there's risk involved, but we did see Ghana named on the bench. He's not in an extended squad. That makes me think that Tulagi's getting the first crack and I'm all over that for that price for a second rower. Moving into the halves, Sam Walker. He was in the first side of pick this year. He's uh, still in my side now. The goal kicking is just the cherry on top and I think he's in for a big season. Schneider, I spoke about a few days ago on the Cows pod. So I've got high hopes for him. I actually think he's probably a better option than Ilias in terms of cash generation. Time will tell. I've got Elias himself. Uh, again, those two are must-haves in my opinion. You could go the pod route, but personally, I'm not going there. Uh, Cameron Munster. Now, I haven't had much Munster because I didn't like the fact that he set out a game, but I think I can easily you know, have a 17 that's quite competitive and I'm not going to lose out too much. In the back line, now the back line's a little bit interesting. I, I didn't have room for Kurt Mann, and I'm very high on picking Kurt Mann. I've just gone for a, a little bit higher upside mixed in with the cows. So that's the reason I don't have man because I think man's going to be a solid 50, 55, but I don't really see him going 80, 90 plus. And I really want to try and get an X factor to start the season. I want guys that could score me tons on any given day. And that's why I've picked Sloan and that's why I've picked Hammer. I like, I th- in combination, I like their games to start the season. I really think Hammer's going to get off to a fly this year. And we saw what Sloan did in the charity shield. So there's certainly points there. And if I have a week, you know, if round one or round two or whatever, if those two kick off and both get a ton in the same week, I'm going to have a massive advantage that round because a lot of people will be carrying so many cheapies in the centers that it will be a big boost. So that's why I'm going that route. Billy Smith, love the kid. He just needs to stay fit. Sean Russell is on Mike Acevo's wing. 
the draw for the Eels is just simply phenomenal. And I feel like Russell's going to score quite a few tries before Sevo gets back, which means he'll make a lot of cash. Uh, Penasini's got really good base, so he speaks for himself, and we've we've pretty much all had him all preseason, so I won't go too into depth there. Uh, I don't know, know much about Valia from from the Warriors, but the Warriors have an excellent draw, and he's a bottom dollar cheapie or pretty close to it at 200k. Lock him in. I am going to have to make a change because I did obviously have this other enough that I've got here, but that was meant to be Schiller. He's not available in the game yet. I'll have to look at my options. Um, Kula is in the 14 and maybe he's planned to play the Dylan Walker type role whilst he's out, but I'd rather go a different option. So I'll probably try and squeeze some cash somewhere and upgrade him to, I'll have to have a think. I'd, I'd love to turn him into Cody Ramsey, but that's going to take me a hundred K. So I'll have to have a think. Fullbacks, Pappenhausen, Teddy, I just think it's the best combination that you can have. I think Gutho probably gets off to a flyer, but I think these two are, one of them will be a keeper to go along with Tom. And it's just a matter of, you know, who becomes the upgrade option and we'll work that out over the course of the season. So I got to about 24 K, uh, 24, I think it is in the bank. Um, I think my Thursday side won't be, won't differ too great from this one. This is pretty nailed on. I've just got to come up with an option. Even I might even enough um, the last center spot. I just, I don't particularly want to do that because there's a lot of cash generation that's on offer, but just thinking about now I could, I could flick Targo down to the centers and I could take Pia Kura who should have a spot sometime soon for Brisbane. So that might be my option. Yeah. Fair, fair. Um, I think holding Munster as well gives you some kind of leeway to loop. You're going to have to loop before the, before the Melbourne game. Uh, and you'll see what I mean when I bring my team up, but overall, man, I'm, I'm, I'm solid on that. Um, Sloan, what a circle we've had on Tyrell Sloan. I remember he was in your very first team. He, you, you went cold to him for a bit, and then he obviously redeemed himself with the trials. Hemi, so I feel like you have to have him because of uh, the little bet we've got on about him or him over under 55 average. But overall, man, like, yeah, you've, you've gone ceiling in that center wing. Um, I don't know what kind of ceiling Billy Smith has. I'll be honest, I haven't seen enough of him to, to know what kind of ceiling he has, but... Russell is on that Parramatta strike side. Sloan, Hammer, I mean, both those guys have ceilings. We know that. Munster, season's set and forget. Your fullback could be set and forget if you don't want to go turbo. Walker, I mean, he could establish himself as a set and forget as well. Your, your, front row, your, your two RFs, you've gone big. Like, you've stacked the pack, but you're saving yourselves three trades barring injury. Like, you shouldn't ever have to trade those guys out barring injury. Um, the bench... You'll, you'll agree it's, it's a worry because all it takes is Luke Garner to come back and Ethan Bullymore to go to the bench. And I mean, your reserve options are up in flames, but you have to sacrifice something when you're spending so much money in your two RFs. You can't have it perfect. So I understand that front row forward, we've spoken up AFB so, so high. And, and I have a conundrum myself when it comes to my team. We'll have a look at in, in a second. Um, Tino Brown, Fafita, King. I can't fault any of those. I mean, the bench, I don't love Tino Brown's bench. You and I have said that, and I'm the number one advocate for Tanua Brown, but I don't love the bench. I'm just hoping he gets that Jordan McLean role and Red Money and Chris Randall. Mate, believe it or not, our sides look pretty similar. Let's have a look at mine. Oh, you're gone again. All right, give me two seconds. So up top, I have gone Reed Money. Um, no, no question about that. Um, nothing, nothing else to discuss. For some reason, Brew, you're, you're not on my camera. Um, people have seen your head enough, so that's fine. Reed Money is my hooker, number one. One for money. Two, I just wanted the points from round one. I know I was very, very high on 
Harry Grant, I still feel he'll be the hooker number one. Bruce still feels he'll be the hooker number one. We both do. We've said that. We predicted Harry Grant to be in our team in our teams. But what is the thought process, Brew? Like what is your reasoning for going money over Grant? Is it money or points? Uh, it's definitely around one points and it's it's kind of targeted on the draw. And I still don't know how the rotations are going to work at Melbourne. I don't know if it's going to be much of the same like it was last season and we're just going to have a new 14 or I don't know if Cheese is going to rotate through hooker and we're all getting our hopes up hoping that, you know, maybe Grant plays 70 minutes plus. For those reasons and for his health issues that he had, he had a lot of injuries last season. I'm going to try and go safer with Marnie. I know Marnie did obviously pop an injury, but he's not as injury prone. And it's 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 a lot draw-based. I think he's going to be the number two hooker overall by the season's end. So I'm happy to start with him, minimize the the points loss by, by get, you know, getting a 60 to 80 save point head start through round one. And then I can reassess later on. I, I wouldn't mind playing dual gun hookers at some point either. So money might be a guy that I hold and then I might try and turn Randall into Grant later. I can see the chat absolutely flaming about my team. So cool. Um, I've gone Chris Randall as the backup hooker. Now someone has just commented arrow over AFB. And this is the conundrum that I have. I have Kurt Mann down in center wing. You guys can see that. I am tempted to run with Kurt Mann down to Xavier Coates, freeze up some cash. And that allows me to go Jai arrow to AFB. Now I want to get your thoughts on this as well. I then I'm getting a centerpiece. I'm getting a ceiling piece in Xavier Coates. I'm then upgrading Arrow to AFB. Do you think that's a better move for my side? What? Sorry, what was the move that created the money? I was reading the chat. So I can go Kurtman down to Xavier Coates, or Kurtman down to Selwyn Cobbo and free up even more money, and upgrade Arrow to. Um, I can upgrade Arrow to AFB, and then I can upgrade Nanai to Katoa. So then I don't have three Cowboys forwards. I quite. I- I quite like the uh, man to coats, simply ceiling based. I know you're not going to have the consistency from the base output from coats, but you're going to have a much higher ceiling. And I have no doubt that he'll turn up a few times this year playing on that, on that edge for, for Melbourne. So I don't hate that move at all. I do think Jai Arrow probably has a little bit more of a ceiling than say Fanua Blake does. So I might be inclined to tell you to, to keep Arrow, but maybe still look at the man to, Coates move. I know, I know it'll be, you know, unpopular not having man in your side, but I found it really difficult with all the options that there is to make genuine cash growth to, to fit him in personally. Yeah. So I'll probably experiment that for everyone looking at my side and, and thinking I'll end up with it. Like brew is pretty locked into his side. I am still not um, the, the moves that I am contempt. The, the moves that you guys will, will see from me if I do make changes would be arrow to AFB. It would be Nanai to Elikatoa and it would be, Kurt Mann to Xavier Coates. They're the only three changes I'm looking at. So on top of that, I have Jermaine Snell brown Someone's commented in the chat, what's the big deal with Jermaine Snell brown There's not really much to get excited about with him. Like, we're not expecting the world. We're not expecting him to be a breakout boomer or whatever. I'm expecting him to hold his place for a little bit, and then I'm going to look to flick him on to someone else. I mean, he's 274K. He'll start. Hopefully, he gets 40 minutes, as we, as we touched on. I'm not thinking he's going to set the world alight. But, I mean, 274K starter, a, a coach has, has poached him from a different club. Like, that's what I'm sort of looking at. Andrew Fafita, Max King are my backup front row forwards. Probably the most common backup front row forwards there. 2RF is where I have gone a little bit mid-ish. 
Uh, I have gone David Fed, Angus Crichton for the exact same reasons that you've said, mate. Lock those two in. I've gone Tamalolo. I need the ceiling. And you will see a, th- you will see a theme with my two RFs. You don't, pe- plenty of people this year are saying, don't stack the pack, blah, blah, blah. I understand. But I've just gone ceiling. I've gone Fafita, Crichton, Tamalolo, Britton, Akora. There's a fair bit of attacking upside right there, isn't there, with those four guys? Yeah. I, I know there's quite a few people that are really high on the Cowboys' edges. And I feel like you probably – I don't expect both of them to kill it, but I feel like one of them's going to go on a tear and it's going to be a real 50-50. You know, is it Nanai? Is it is it Lukey? I've kind of avoided it altogether. I just want to have a look and, and see who that guy is and then I might try and jump on that person. I really like the Nakura pick. I think he's going to link up really well with Nico Hines. I think that right edge is going to be a lot more powerful than the left edge uh, for the Sharks. So I quite like that move. If I could afford a, a Nakora, I would probably go there, but I don't really want to – I don't want to chop and change too much at second row. I, I want my – my centerpieces and I want to build around that. Yeah, 100%. Um, so the thing, okay, so everyone asking in the chat, Nanai versus Lukey. I've got some stats from last year. Games played over 40 minutes. Nanai played three, Lukey played four. Uh, Lukey averaged 48.2 with a 45.5 base power. Nanai averaged 54.6 with a 43 base power. So you're sacrificing two points in base power for a eight, a six point increase. Um it's a gut feel. I want to go one of them because then if the other one bangs, it's a pretty easy swap within the first three weeks. But then I'm also looking at Elias Katoa. So it's a it's a, it's a a move that I could free up. Um, I may even have the cash to go man to Coates, to Alagi, to um, Katoa. But then I kind of want um, to Alagi, who's also my sixth to RF. Halfbacks, I have gone Sam Walker. I have finally caved on my Mitchell Moses Flag a pole in the pole in the ground. We're not budging on Mitch Moses. The Sam Walker kicking. I mean, I said to you plenty of times, mate. If Sam Walker does get the goal kicking, I will be going Sam Walker. What side does he play? I'd love for him to play on the right hand side, but Kiri linking up with on the right hand Kiri side. linking up with Angus on the left could also be tasty. Brad Schneider is my backup half. I mean, no Jared Croak. You'd expect he goal kicks. Sign me up. Five eighth Lachlan Ilias. My vice captain for this week, bro. Lockie Ilias gets the blue armband this week. The only reason being he's the only person that I can vice captain in a loop because I've got I've only got one I've only got one non-player, which is Cam Munster. Um, and I think that I think Cam Munster plays the first game on Saturday, and Lockie Ilias plays the last game on Friday. So he's the only person that I can. I don't even, I don't think I can because if he goes big, then I can't even bring Munster in the captain. So I am not looping this week. I've got no I've got no chance to loop. Um, so yeah, that's unfortunate for me. Center wings, Kurt Mann, Billy Smith, Sean Russell, Will Panasini, Isaac Tago, Talatal Moan, and Vayella. As I said, I am tossing up between moving Coates, uh, moving Mann down to Coates, moving Mann down to Cobo, and freeing up even some more money. Um, but I'm going to probably wrestle with that thought for for a little bit. Um, but I might I might pull the trigger on it. I just don't love that man bench, mate. I've said that to you as well. Like you've got the Barnett, Crosland, middle middle bench. Like, what role do they use Barnett in? Some people saying he's going to play a bit of prop, but I don't see why he played prop when you've got two other middles. I don't know. I don't know. And that's, yeah. and that's, and that's where the I'm, my head's The bench does up. concern me. And, uh, like, I know I know Tui, Barry Tui can say that he thinks that he might play 65, but Connor Watson was only playing, say, 50, sometimes 55 minutes, typically when he was playing in this role last season. 
and I don't see why that would particularly change. I feel like Man and Watson are very similar players. I think they'll they'll have a similar role. So I'm only really expecting him to play the 50 to 55 minutes, which should be good for him to, to score 50 to 55 points per week. I do expect that he'll be a one PPM type guy. I do think he's got attacking upside in him. Certainly he's going to have some big weeks, but the minutes are a concern for me. You know, what if he ends up reverting to a bench role, for example, and we saw it last season, Watson constantly was being named to start and then flicked to the bench and, I just don't know if I want to sit through that again. Yeah, 100%. Um, somebody in the chat just mentioned that I can vice-captain Nakora. So I might. I think that's my only option. So I'm going to vice-captain Nakora this week. It'll give me a chance to loop. Um, all right, that's kind of my team. Uh, and I've also got Tedesco and Pappenhausen at fullback. Nothing budging on that. So we are back with our faces on the on the screen. That are our sides. Brew's pretty locked into his. The only changes they'd be making are bringing Coates in. Um, we've got a couple of questions here, Brew. Do you want to read them out for me and then I'll uh, I'll give some answers? Okay, so there is a few. So Dylan's asking most recently uh, thoughts on Bo Firma. I do like the Bo Firma option. I think he'll be a very solid uh, plug for your centres. Do I think he's a long-term keeper? No, probably not. But he could become it. We never know with, with dual centres. So... I do like the the option. It's certainly something that I was toying with. I can see him being a 55-plus average player, and you're getting that for 375. So I support that move if anyone is on Bo Firma. Yeah, I like Bo Firma too. Um, I would have loved to see no Kevin Proctor in the side. That is the biggest issue uh, with me. But, I mean, he's got the ceiling there. I think he scored 90 points in 25% of his games last year. Um, which is fantastic. Uh, Stefan asks, I still really like you and Aiken. Or he says, this, I still really like you and Aiken. Why have people gone cold? I think it's the same reason why I haven't gone Eli Katoa. That Tohu news, him coming back early. We're playing sort of roulette, aren't we? I feel like it's a shootout. I feel like it's a shootout with whoever plays worse in the in the back row is the one that drops out for Curran. And then Curran dropping out obviously makes way for Tohu to play 13. Is that the reason why you've gone cold on Curran? Or do you just feel the numbers he put up last year were unsustainable? Like he scored a plethora of tries in four or five weeks. Like, where are you sitting on, on you and Aiken? Yeah, I, I don't know if the numbers can be sustainable. Like, we're talking about he would be an 80-point average guy, basically, in, in front row forward. Sorry, in second row or center, which would pretty much put him top of the pops in most positions. So, or there of thereabouts. So, I don't think he can sustain the, the averages that he did have in his short time period on the edge. But I also do think that, um, you know, and you know this for a fact that we've had this conversation. I do think they're shooting out for the position. I think Curran's locked into a starting spot, and Katara and Aitken are basically playing against each other for the remaining spot. Now, Harris is rumored to be coming back in round six earlier than we predicted, you know, it could be as late as 10, but rumours have it that he's going pretty good with his recovery and that they obviously are going to want him back in that side as quickly as they can. So that's a worry for me. And I just think that in terms of, you know, Aitken has more utility value than, say, a Katoa does, and therefore I can definitely see Aitken, you know, pushing out to the centres or or even moving into a a bench-type capacity. And Katoa also being outside Johnson, I think – they're going to link really well. And if they link really well, I don't think they're going to want to break up that partnership. So that's my thoughts on, on Aiken. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Having him out of Thorford. Um, there's plenty of love for, uh, for Telfall Sipley. Now he's got the start. What do we reckon? I'd have to look into his PPM and what he's previously done. 
Um, I haven't yet done that, so I can't really comment. I don't mind it, but how long is he going to hold that spot for? When's Marty Tapao coming back? Marty Tapao is named, mate. So I'll read you. So up front, uh, simply Marty Tapao, and then the bench is Carl Lawton, Sean Kepi, and Paseka. So um, you'd think Paseka and Kepi rotate through with Carl Lawton, maybe playing a bit of edge, a bit of 13. So there's two, oh, mid- yeah. the, 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 there's two middles there to compete with. Um, I might actually have to go have a look at him because he could be a viable option. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into it and I'll post something on Twitter in regards to that. Cool. Keep your eye out for the Sipley News, a, a guy that wasn't really on our radar, so we didn't have much love for him in Teamless Tuesday. So I apologize for um, for sort of skipping over him. Is there still plenty of love for Dylan Brown, Brew? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, he was in my plans, uh, but I just figured that, Munster is a set and forget, but I do feel like Dylan Brown can be a Munster light this year because he's got the really high base. So if he can get his attacking upside there, he could push into Munster type areas. And that's with that early draw. If you're going to do it, that's the time to do it. I I just don't want to, I don't want to chop and change at 5'8 this year. I know I, I did it a lot last season and it became very frustrating. So this year, I just want Munster, pick him and then own him for the season. So he's missing one round, so be it. I'll cop that week one, and, and then I'll just hold Munster for the entire year is my plan. So Sipley has a PPM of 1.14 last year, 1.22, 1.31, uh, averaging about 26 minutes a game last year. So Jesus, mate, if he is pumping up 40, 45 a game, I might start with Sipley. How much is Sipley? I think he's 322. If he's three twenty two, I'll go and find the fifty k, and I'll start with Sipley at that one at that PPM. Yeah, as will I. I'll, I'll move up from to Jermaine to Brown. Hey, chat! Thank you very much for for shining light on Sipley because Brew and I had no idea. So you might have found us a gem. I appreciate it. Uh, a couple more questions, and then we'll finish up. We've been going for nearly an hour. I reckon we'll finish up on the hour mark. We've been going for fifty six minutes. Uh, I'll try and find a couple. Uh, Zach Lomax is he going to have a good year now? Zach Lomax. Absolutely. Zach Lomax is going to be a top five center wing. My hot take. He will be. He'll, I can't say I disagree. Zach He's Lomax got goal kicking will great be. Base. Zach Lomax will be in the winner supercoach side come round twenty five. That's bold to say that he's going to be in my side come round. <laughs> I was going to say my side, you dog. <laughs> uh, all right, um, we'll do a couple more and then we'll we'll round up. Hey, Gutho wanted a Teddy for the draw. I would advise that if you're a head to head player. I reckon. I reckon Gutho over Teddy if you're a head to head only player. Yeah, if you're playing overall, you need to factor in that you the need to use your percentage. trades wisely. So for that reason, I don't not like Gutho would have been in my side if Pappenhausen wasn't named. I wasn't going up to Turbo. I was picking Gutho, but for me, Paps and Teddy are the two guys that consistently get closest to Turbo. Therefore, they are my pick. All right. So simply 260k, but Josh Alloyer is back round three. I totally forgot about Josh Alloyer. So, uh, not ideal. Um, okay, a couple more questions, and then we're going to finish up. Uh, this guy has asked me 47 times, and he's just copy and pasting it. Why do you think Billy? Why do you have Billy Smith? Don't think you think Paul Morelski will take the center spot, even Kevin Naguama comes in for Smith. No. We've said this a million times. If Billy Smith was going to be moved, he'd be put in the wing, and Paul Morelski would play center. Like, I just don't see why Robbo would continually chop and change to drop people. Like, you'd just think that... Joseph Sawali comes in for Paul Momorowski. And then if if, if 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 he moves Paul Momorowski back to the centres, then fair enough. Well done, Robbo. You've played us all. But I just don't see why you do that. Yeah, look, I'm not going to 
elaborate too much, but the source that I have is as concrete as it gets. It's Billy Smith's spot. Okay. Mm, okay. Uh, and the last one, my cousin actually is in the live chat. Uh, hey, Riley, how are you going? Thoughts on Brandon Smith this year. Do we think he maintains? Do we think he maintains the attacking output? Do you think he, we find a bit of, bit better work rating him at 13 to, to make up for that attacking output? I mean, he is available at hooker, which is going to be handy, I reckon. Like, you're going to save a trade. Like, once Chris Randall peaks, you can just go Randall to a 2RF and then move cheese up. A few days ago, my second row was for Fida Crichton and Brandon Smith. So, yes, I am very high on Brandon Smith. He, I may still pick him over Murray. I, I haven't made that decision 100%. Either way, I think both are keepers. In terms of the attacking upside, this is my thoughts. Cheese is cheese, right? If he can get into dummy half, even if he's playing as lock, he will get into dummy half and he will dive over and burrow his way over for the same amount of tries that he did last season because that's the player he is. He looks for the ball. He attacks the ball. If he wants the ball, he goes and gets it. So it doesn't matter if Harry Green is named hooker. If there is an opportunity for him to run and take that ball from dummy half, if they're close to the line, he will absolutely do it. And if he's scoring tries, there's no way Bellamy will be like, what are you doing? Yeah, I get that. Um, Very, very last one. Plenty of people asking about James Schiller. Now, I said this at the top of the show for anyone that wasn't listening. But you got to remember, Jordan Rappin is back in round three. Sebastian Chris is back next week. They're two guys that Ricky Stewart isn't leaving out of the side. Schiller could come out and score 17 tries this weekend, and you don't leave out Chris and Rappin. So for me, I want to wait and see round three team lists when all the the guys are back, and then we go from there. We've also got Jared Croker um, lingering in reserve grade. So if he has a couple of good games, you'd think Jared Croker would be pushing his claim to get back into the first grade squad. Look, as Admiral Akbar would say, it's a trap. It's a trap. Yes. Okay. Hey, Brewski, uh, very first yes. episode. I reckon it went well. Apart from your weird, well uh, too. apart from your weird like sex dungeon lighting you've got happening here. Well, you know, put in the red. Put it on the I, red for me. I like to entertain. Where is the red? Oh God. There hey, we go. I reckon that's a key. <laughs> that, that, that's a key for us. That's a key for us to wrap wrap it up. I reckon. Now I am in Metallica. Um, yeah, oh, sorry, I got distracted. I was reading the chat. It's so weird, you know, talking on a podcast and having a live chat coming up at the same time. So it is. You get distracted um, very easily. <laughs> I do, yeah. And yes, I do have Hammer in my side and I don't think he'll be leaving my side. I, I had forgotten about the bet, but... I'll remind you. Know, you. The, I, I'm a tight ass. I'll remind you. to have him in. So 55 average over the course of, was it eight or 10 rounds? Yeah, 10, 10 rounds, 55. I think it was 55.1 over under. Cool beans. No worries. Yes, I'm keen on it um, off to bed. Uh, Brew gets up at 3 a.m. every morning he for does. the people that are teasing me in the chat. No worries. That, uh, it was good fun, guys, and uh, good luck for to everyone, the, obviously, picking your sides this week. Hopefully, everyone has a uh, kick-ass start to the season, just not better than me because I really want to start hot again this season. Brew and I will be back on Sunday, half an hour after after full time, giving up basically all our round reactions. For you guys that still love some more footy, I'll be live on Thursday night with the NRL Don, where we're doing the kickoff countdown, where we'll be basically talking to you guys through Supercoach until kickoff, uh, until countdown ends. We'll be answering all your questions, uh, talking a lot of smack. There's no real Supercoach analysis there. We'll just be answering questions all over. Uh, bro, if you keep asking why should I pick Jack Bird, I'm just going to ban you from the chat. That's going to be all of us done for the Dual Position Podcast. Uh, I have been your host, CSC Whisperer. I have been joined by Brew SC 22 is where you can find him. Glenn, mate, 
I'm so keen for footy to be back. I am too. And you should pick Jack Bird because he's playing on an electric edge and he's got a high base, a high work oh, rate you and gave a lot of attacking him. upside. If he, asked, if he asked once, I would have answered it, but he's, he's asked it 10 times. I just gave up. All right, guys, thank you very much for tuning in for the last hour and two minutes uh, of your Tuesday nights. I appreciate it. We'll be back on Sunday. We'll be back on Tuesday. We'll be back on Sunday again. And we'll be doing this twice a week for 25 weeks. Footy is back. I cannot wait. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great weekend. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.